Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, another in my mini series of successful functional medicine practices. Today, you're going to meet Dr. Jill Valerius. She is a dual board certified physician in family and integrative medicine, as well as additional certification in functional medicine. She started her medical career as a certified athletic trainer, and she's been practicing in the Matsu Valley since 2003. Now Health is a membership-based practice focusing on personalized care. Dr. Valerius is passionate about the fact that the future of healthcare needs to focus on educating and empowering individuals in lifestyle choices to create health rather than diagnosing disease or ailments and prescribing medications. Outside of work, Dr. Jill enjoys a variety of outdoor pursuits, cooking, reading, and is committed to lifelong learning. Dr. Jill is a colleague, a friend, and a fabulous physician. In this interview, you're going to hear what got her started in a functional medicine career and how she transitioned from family medicine to functional medicine. You'll learn more about what she does with testing. How does she view the lens of a functional medicine practice? You'll hear her favorite word and why that's important and how she feels that medicine needs to evolve into the future of family medicine that will include functional principles. So listen to this deep dive and unpack how everyone can be different in delivering a membership model of functional medicine care and Dr. Jill has it figured out for Alaska. Oh, what an exciting episode. I could not wait to talk to Dr. Jill. Uh, she is a family practice, just basically fierce femme doctor who is just killing it up in Alaska. Um, and there's so much commonality. We've known each other for years, but really never met in person. And so I am excited to have her in the Catalyst podcast seat here. She's going to talk all about her journey, family practice into functional medicine and how she runs her clinic and little pearls for all of you listening, whether you're students, residents, attendings, you know, conventional, uh, traditional integrative medicine. Dr. Jill and I are going to chat all about it today. So thank you for spending your hour with me today, Jill. Uh, thank you, Laura. It's wonderful to be with you. And uh, likewise, we've had these kind of parallel paths for a long time, and now we we are converged. So yes, yes, we're synergized. Yes, yeah, we're synergizing <laughs> and spreading the word and sharing our passion, really, which is so awesome. Right. It is fun. So take me back to your journey because you're like me, you know, very um, grassroots family practice kind of community based, you know, rural kind of, you know, hometown thing. So tell me like how you ended up in functional medicine. So I was, you know, I was about 10 years into practice and it was just becoming a bit restless, I think. And I, f I was feeling like I was missing something, maybe not helping people as much as I wanted to. You know, we all go into medicine. I really think we all go into medicine because we want to help people. 
at, at the core. And so I was questioning what I was doing. And I had been introduced to the concept of functional kind of integrative medicine way back in residency, maybe even later in med school, just little pieces. And so that has always been like kind of just a little cob in the back of my mind. And I, it kind of just worked out when I was really at this pivot point of feeling like I wasn't helping people. It worked out that I could go to the five-day IFM training and just, you know, dive in and learn because I'd just been curious. And uh, I went and I can recall calling one of my best buddies like at the end of day two. Uh, that is that is a, you know, non uh, medical practitioner. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I'm going to learn anymore this week. Like, I feel like I'm just trying to relearn medical school right now. Like knowing that I practice a great standard of care and the standard of care mm -hmm. that we know conventionally, but just learning like, whoa, if we go back into some of this biochemistry and some of these basic mechanisms, how we can change trajectory of things. So. So that really just got my ball rolling. And I knew then I'm like life, life as I know it as a, as a unique individual and as a practitioner is changed. Oh, I love that you said this. You can't unsee it. It's like Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. And I think that five-day flagship course is exactly how I got hooked. It's the AFMCP Applying Functional Medicine and Clinical Practice. And it's a brilliant strategic move for practitioners like you and I that are doing great standard of care and family medicine or internal medicine. And you just decide, oh, this looks fun. A five-day little buffet of functional medicine. I'm curious. And once you're there, it's like you meet your people and then you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is amazing. But it's also very humbling, right? Wouldn't you agree? Because uh, I felt like, whoa, okay, there's a lot of stuff out there. I had no idea. Um, what do you think about that? Did you feel like that was sort of a little bit of a grief process for me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it is really humbling. And I think I, th I think that's a challenge because it, it, um, it like dumps the apple cart. There's yes. no doubt. And you're... Your, our paradigm that we just like the foundation with which we learned was solid, but it really kind of tipped that upside down in terms of, oh, there's more I can do. And, and, and really like some of that grief process of like, wow, I, maybe I haven't been helping people to, you know, to the best of my ability, but not knowing and you don't know yes. what you don't. No. And right. so there is that process. And, and like you, it was just like life changing. Like, I'm not going to see the world the same again. I've had colleagues go through it and be like, whoa, that was really interesting. And I think it can be super overwhelming yeah. and it is to realize like, oh, wait, like I've, you know, we, we are, we are a patchwork um, medicine. Yes. You know, I mean, that's yes. what we do in conventional medicine. We, we are patchwork. We treat symptoms. We pacify things. We make numbers look better. We don't necessarily make people's health better. Right. Oh, my gosh. So well said. And I think like what you said there, I can imagine 
it is upending the apple cart. And also it, it tickles that perfectionist in all of us going, oh, well, if I'm missing all of this, I must know all of this. And now I have to do it all, you know, differently um, because it makes you look at chronic disease that specifically that part really a, a lot differently than when I went back to my regular FP job, I thought, well, geez, I'm really doing a disservice by not addressing some of these things in chronic disease. But then you have to have that reconciliation that you can't be the healer for everybody. And, and I think that takes a, a little bit of a different perspective that this is you know something we use to filter our patient treatment plans through and to help as best we can. But like you said, there's no possible way to know it all. But any little bit that you can get from that functional medicine tree is great service for patients. So tell me in your own words, how do you describe functional medicine? You know, there's precision medicine, lifestyle medicine, integrative medicine, all these interchangeable terms. Like tell us, you know, what your view of functional medicine is. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great question because there, there's uh, lots of debate out there. People are like, oh, functional medicine. Like that's not even a, like there's, that's not even science or it's not a whatever. I really look at what I have learned from functional medicine as a lens with which to view things through. It's, it's not really, it's not practicing differently other than number one, it is focused on far more listening, listening and learning from your patient. So that connection, which is what family medicine is all about, or, or it was. And so, and, and going back to having time to listen, but then instead of this thing, and, and I don't know what medical education does at this point, but you know, th- 30 years ago, we know like we learned pathology and we learned pharmacology. Yep. And so you just learned what medicines to apply to things. And so I really look at it as it has been this foundation for me to place on top of what I learned because we need what we learned in medical school, but it's helped me to rethink. It's helped me to rethink mecha- mechanisms of things, helped me to really think about like, oh, wait a minute, we can use nutrients. We can use, like, look at what, if we could address sleep and stress, stress, honestly, alone for people right now, we could change so many lives. And so I really view functional medicine as a lens, as a way to do things. It's not like different medicine. To me, it is really, it has evolved. It's like, it's family medicine evolved. It's functional medicine evolved. and. And I would hope that we all strive to provide that level of medicine that which, and I'm still learning, you know, more than 10 years in, I'm like, we're, and hopefully we're all learning every day, but I am learning and I'm learning how to interact with people better as part of it, but also learning how I can look at different disease processes and especially for all of us now dealing with so much chronic disease, mm-hmm. which is really what we are all dealing with. Um, you know, it's, it's so much about a lens and, and to me, it's like really good family medicine. I like that. That's brilliant. The lens concept, you know, especially the word evolved. I feel like there is a necessary need for all forms of healing in different modalities, Chinese medicine, traditional Western medicine, they all serve a great purpose, urgent cares, ERs. We need these things. We need surgeons to have their skills ready for anything that we, you know, there are so many different places to use this and functional medicine as a lens is a perfect analogy because 
I feel that now it almost feels like my training was incomplete. It wasn't that it was poorly done. It was great foundation. In fact, many times I'll have a patient come in and I realize, no, actually you need a ENT referral or you need this. Like, you know, it's just, they just didn't have time with their primary care. And I'm like, Ooh, this is not a functional medicine issue. It is something that is a little more needing higher level, which is what we need in this whole paradigm of healing. We need these physicians that can look at things with that strategy and go, okay, we have some time. Let me help you with some nutrients or some other testing and see what we get. And then serve it, save the medicine, you know, in the pharmacy for, you know, only if things aren't turning around. What is your greatest, you know, I guess, prideful thing that, you know, you're just so you changed. I mean, you went and took mm -hmm. this information and you came back and you were different. So walk us through what happened after that five day conference. Well, I mean, everything kind of upended. And and the cool thing is, is that um my pa I have so many patients that have stuck with me since that time. You know, I moved to, uh, in December, it'll be 20 years ago that I moved to Alaska. And so I still have some of my original patients. And the fun is the evolution of all of this. And I think, um, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of having evolved with people. I feel... Um, I feel what comes sometimes as a criticism from some of my colleagues saying like, oh, are you, are you doing like, I don't know, you know, integrative medicine and they, you know, it's like, it's a derogatory thing. Yeah. But, or you're just going to tell them to exercise. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm like, no, you know, like, and, and now that I've evolved even, you know, I've continued to evolve in this whole time. Um, personally and professionally, which has been great, but really that um, being able to incorporate more lifestyle, um, nutritional medicine, sleep, stress, all of those things, and and being able to really meet the needs of my patients. Yeah. And as they're, and, and I, I feel like patients are questioning our medical system more than we are and our colleagues are. Agreed. And and so I'm I'm proud to be and really honored to be on that journey with with my patients and honestly with all of with us with my colleagues who are doing this and right. uh, it's just yeah like we can change this we can we can change the system and honestly we we are so good in this country when we need man acute medical care we're so good. But when it comes to everything else, we rank so poorly. And I, we have, we have money in this country that other countries don't have, but we don't have foundational health that poor countries have. Right. Agreed. And I love that you, you know, phrase it this way, that this is something that is a co-creative process, right? And I think that's why I especially love functional medicine in my personal and professional life is because it gives that room for the growth and expansion, both myself and with my patients to learn and get excited about new things and be on that cutting edge and, you know, immediately taking it back and being able to put it inside this incubator and get people healthier. And, and this is the fun part of this co-creative process. Functional medicine is, is first of all, never really a dictatorial, you know, like you must take this, this is what you do. You have to approach a patient and have that skill to find where they're 
where their why is, you know, what do they want their health for? How ready are they? What can they handle in their schedule, in their financial, you know, everybody's different. And so this is such a great experiment, but also very evidence-based. That's the thing that, you know, I shake my head sometimes when colleagues are like, oh, that's just, you know, you're just going to tell them to exercise and sleep well. Well, that's true. But also there's a lot of evidence behind, like you said, just fixing stress and sleep is like, that's like the best medicine, you know? And if you're giving patients support and like, you know, they're learning that that is something they should prioritize. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> right. And exercise. What does 20 minutes of exercise after a meal do for you? Hmm. Right. Right. You have blood sugar issues or even for those of us that don't. <laughs> I love it. You hit on one of my favorite words. Why? Yes. Why? Like, I feel like what this, what this process has done, like, and I know like, it probably drives some people crazy, but I almost feel sometimes like I'm that two or three year old again. Cause I'm like, yes. why, why, why? And we, you know, we've, we've gotten so used to saying like, oh, well, we don't know. We don't know. And sometimes I say, I don't know, man, I'm curious, but it's not ever like, Oh, well, we don't know the cause of that. We don't know why that happens. Yeah. But like we like you hear that so much. Like if one of my patients does go off and say, sees a subspecialist, rheumatology, whatever. They're like, well, we don't know about that. Or, or neurology with somebody who's got like a degenerative neuromuscular yes. disease that we can't quite yeah. figure out. But like, it's amazing to me that people are like, well, we don't know. And they're just like happy with saying like, sorry, I don't know. We yep, don't the know. The buck stops here. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And and I'm not going to, uh, frankly, I'm not going to think about it because we don't know. Yeah. Yes. So why is key? Like I just had someone yesterday. It was awesome. She goes, oh, I know that this, this might upset you. She's like, but I've been reading. Like I was on Google and I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry that any of my colleagues have told you not to Google anything. Right. I mean, you have to be careful when you Google. You might sure. scare yourself. Sure, but sure. that's why I'm here. Ask questions. And I'm like, if I don't have you engaged and interested in whatever's going on with you, how can I help you? Beautiful. Yeah, that's so true. We're, we're giving permission for exploration and pain. And we all know this personally, a lot of us, you know, and, and it's human nature. Sometimes, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll memorize things to complete a test or an exam and get certified and stuff. But then when you have like a family member or your own personal health and you're like, Ooh, I know a personal case study that I, and then you start really diving into that and learning it. And that's what patients are doing. They're just really grasping it. Well, I would like to learn more and they're really invested. And those are the, the most fun patients because they really want to, you know, understand the why and to feel better. And like you said, I, I say the same thing to my patients is you can Google, but really let me be your Google. Like, tell me your questions so I can help you. And if I can't figure it out and I don't know it right then, I'll be happy to give you some really solid information because you never know. Hey there, fellow catalysts. Do you ever wonder what tools, books, and products have fueled my success and helped me create a thriving work-life masterpiece? I'm always on the lookout for resources that can give me an edge in the entrepreneurial field. Over the years, I've come across some game-changing items that have made a difference in my life and my patients' lives. And that's why I put together a curated list of my favorite resources in my Amazon storefront. From inspiring books to productivity-enhancing gadgets, from webcams to art supplies, 
these handpicked items have been instrumental in my journey. By visiting my Amazon storefront, you'll save time searching for the best tools and resources to help you grow your work-life masterpiece. Plus, you'll get a glimpse into the key ingredients that have contributed to my journey, which can inspire and inform you. A percentage of these commissions will be donated to charities that support creativity and mental wellness in healthcare. Head to my Amazon storefront now by visiting www.amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Dr. Lara Salier and keep coloring outside the lines. How has this changed? So if you've been in Alaska for 20 years, um, how did that morph into your, your style now? So I came up here and started a practice with a couple other practitioners and, uh, and, and then I guess next, next May will be 10 years ago that I left it. So uh, that practice is uh, successful and, uh, but a very, very, very conventional, very run people through every 15 minutes, sure. trying to add subspecialists and yeah. You know, very, very conventional goals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally different goals. And, uh, and so after I'd done, you know, I'm I'm very grateful to that because I was there and I went through all my IFM training in two years. And before I took my IFM certification, I got boarded in integrative medicine. And so like, I just railed through things Nice, because I had more time. I wasn't in charge of running the practice and that. So I'm, I will forever be grateful for that, you know, time and that experience. And uh, now, like, it just that practice was growing, it was definitely not congruent with, with my heart purpose in medicine and what I wanted to do. So I opened my own practice, conventionally fee for service. And then it was uh, about four and a half years ago. uh, I was I had grown, I had a nurse practitioner, I had a PA, and then they both left too. So then it was me with this really quite large practice and panel of patients and and also feeling a bit like I what I was again, like I felt like I wasn't making a difference for people. I was, you know, I was getting pushed for time mm-hmm. and uh and I wasn't able to provide the time to people because it was just it was me and I was trying to meet that's a lot. Yeah. I was trying to meet the demands of an average yeah. family practice panel, you know, 2,500 people. Yeah. Which is impossible to provide any level of quality care. So right, right. I then uh, decided that I was going to change my practice style into a membership-based practice. And so it, I cut down my, my patient panel really 10% of what I had, you know? So when I started, um, I had 275 adult uh, patients and and probably with that was about 125 kids. Like my consultants somehow missed the bandwagon of family medicine of like, oh, there's way more kids than I thought. And I'm like, well, I, I practice family medicine. Yeah. So, but it has been, you know, it's been a game changer for, for myself, uh, for my, my employees in my practice, really in a great way. And more importantly to my patients. Beautiful. And what do you yeah. feel about the future of healthcare delivery? Do you, how do you feel? Tell our, our listeners just a little bit about, you know, your membership and, 
and you don't have to go into detail, but why would that be something they could consider as, as a great delivery service for a holistic model? Yeah, I, you know, from a practitioner or a patient standpoint, I think it is an exceptional way to deliver care. You know, the challenge is, is we're trying to meet the needs of a whole population. But you mentioned earlier, you know, we learn through time, you can't help everyone. Not everyone wants your help. Yep. You know, so it's about serving people. And what the membership has allowed me to do, because there's a, a monthly membership fee, and so, like, what do you call, you know, people will be like, is that like kind of a retainer fee? Is it? Sure. I mean, we can call it that. Right. Words. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do, like, I have a hybrid model, which I was advised, like, you can't do that. It won't work. And I've always got to do what resonates with me. Good for you. And so, so I do bill insurance for some patients. Other patients just pay directly. And, and so it's a bit I don't want to call it a direct primary care model, but it's mm-hmm. a bit of a direct pay model. Mm-hmm. Um, what it what it allows us is time. Mm-hmm. Number one time. Uh, you, I have more time. I have better uh, availability to my patients. Uh, you, you and I both use the same electronic health record. Mm-hmm. None of them are perfect, but Charm, right. Charm has been really wonderful for me. I really love the patient portal. Uh you know, people can access me through the portal and, and I, and we're small enough now that they know my clinic staff, Yeah. you know, so it's all about being able to provide more comprehensive care, take more time with people to, you know, get to learn, you know, somebody might come in with a cold or, you know, something very simple, but you also, when you sit down for a few minutes you're like, oh, wait a minute, like so-and-so's dad died. And you you learn like what what maybe yeah. the different things that have led to this. Or, you know, we were just traveling, so I, my diet upended. And, you know, so it, it's that time for connection. And I think just through connection and probably our biggest asset is listening. People want to feel listened to and and the number one complaint I get from my patients after I've referred them elsewhere half the time is like they were here for 10 minutes they didn't listen to me I couldn't ask them a question and when I get that feedback mental note nope not referring to that provider anymore you know this idea that and I get it more practices are like you you've only got so many minutes because you are you're on a clock you're billing insurance doing all these things and and it's not a good way to provide care. I agree. And, and I, I feel like, oh, I hate to interrupt you. You're on a roll. Um, I just feel like we're at capacity, right? You know, we've existed in this frame of healthcare and this way that we were trained as medical students and residents. And then, you know, rolling out a shingle. I remember being with some private family practice doctors when I was learning. And, and then that kind of went to the wayside. They were getting bought out by bigger companies. And then it just became a little top heavy with the way, you know, medicine was run while there's more administrators and there are doctors and a lot of this whole, you know, justifying your, your billing and your coding. And, and it became a game that was like, wait, I didn't even sign up for this game. This is not the rules that I wanted. Um, And so I'm seeing so many cool, just different innovative approaches to delivering what 
once, I bet even 10 years ago, people would just not even think you could do a membership model and think, well, functional medicine is going to, well, in my story, as everybody knows, I approached my administrators and said, I want to start a department where I could do this. And they're like, this will not be profitable. No, just hard no. And and so you get more of these doctors going, well, I, I just know this can work, you know, and there are no two memberships alike. There's so many different cool ways that you can run a membership. So some of the listeners have have written in and asked questions like this is really, which is what started this mini series of successful practices, because there isn't one way. And, and I love that you you came forward and like, yeah, I'd love to share. So just in simple terms for, let's say there's an, a family doc listening and they've gone to the five-day ACFMP or AFMCP. And they're like, I really want to try this. Like when you say membership, you have a monthly fee. I think the number one question people write in about is, I'm so used to having like thousands of patients. What if they all need to see me that day? How do you control the volume? How do you know? Is there any simple uh, advice you can give those people? Yeah. Like, so if you were to make this like conversion or think about starting membership, the number one thing you're doing is you're, you're reducing your panel size Mm -hmm. drastically. Um, I, you know, there's times when people kind of more people need my help than I can see in a day. Sure. Uh, but you know what? Via the portal with a really good staff, and I have a great staff, we can meet, we can meet the needs. We really can. And and so, you know, I would encourage anybody, you know, like, you know, reach out to any of us who've done this. Like, ask questions. Yes. I'm I mean, I will share what I've done. Mm-hmm. I've not done everything perfectly, but you know what? It's working for me, for people who um they're like, oh, I'm in a small town, whatever. You know, Palmer's got like 6,500 people in it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not in a, I had the same thoughts. Like, I'm not in a big city. I'm not. Same, right. But, you know, it also comes down to that level of care you can provide. And people see that, people hear that, and people are like, wait, you know, and like, maybe that is worth it for me. Because I get some questions like, well, why would I do that? Why would I pay a monthly fee? And I have other people who hardly ever see me, mm-hmm. but man, when they need to see me, they're like, you know, I just got to tell you, this is so worth it to me. Yes. Because when I need you, you're there. Yeah. Right there. P- putting a pin in that. That is exactly it. And that is the leveraging of the maths, I would say, the numbers. Like, you know, yeah. looking at trying to take care of this volume of patients, that's not what a membership is about. You're not going to be caring for every single person on your smaller panel. But the beautiful part of it is, is it's a vote. It's a commitment that you're working together and you're there. And and that's exactly what happened with that patient of mine when they walked in there long, you know, patient. And I realized, whoa, this is not, you need something else. And I was able to get them squeezed in and into the conventional system in two days, you know, because you have that really intense, like I sat with them for an hour and went, yeah, you're in the wrong place. We need you here. Um, and this is what healthcare needs. And this model of membership serves both sides of the desk. It makes you feel like you're so fulfilled and you're in their life. And like you said, not every patient needs you all the time, but they've got you. You're like, you're, you're their doctor and you're there for them. Um, and that is honestly, I think the only way that functional or holistic medicine can really be adequately practiced is if there's a commitment that's ongoing. Cause otherwise, I don't know, I, I made lots of mistakes as well. And one of the biggest ones was trying to think that people could just do it right. Okay. Here's your stuff. And 
um, let me know if you need my help because I didn't want to bother them. And then I realized, okay, that does not work because it's hard. Sometimes it's a lot of hard things. How was your like first couple like years in functional medicine? What were some of the mistakes that you made? Boy, I think trying to do too much. Same. Yeah. Number, you know, number one thing, trying to do too much and be an expert in all the things. Yes. Because uh, we want to help people. <laughs> we, we just do. And, you know, and I think trying, I think we can get caught up in um, trying to do too many things at once, trying to, you know, and a common complaint is testing. And, and, and I, you know, like I, I probably did, I go through phases where, I mean, I, we have, we have testing, which people would term as functional medicine testing. We look at urinary organic acids, you know, or we look at hormone detox pathways, those kind of things. I think that there is great utility for all of these things, um, but done appropriately. Like not, I see a lot of practices, you know, like roll out, like, man, that that is $2,000 worth of testing on day one. I need all this information. And I'm like, uh, I don't, yes. I need to sit and talk to you. I, we need to listen. We need to work together, figure out what's important to you. You yes. know, it's a goal setting, which, you know, we know is why, you know, why are 50% of prescriptions never filled? People don't even know what their drugs are for. Oh, right no there. Way. Mic drop. Yes. They, you know, like, well, I don't know why I'm taking lisinopril and they come to the pharmacist and they've got a bag full of stuff and you have no idea. But right there, mic drop moment. I just want to reiterate and underscore the whole testing thing. I mean, you and I so align on that. Uh, I think because, you know, we live in a capitalist society. So when there's something successful, then all the venture capitalists come in and go, how can we make this even more profitable? And so we're seeing a lot of these direct-to-consumer options or even just business models. And I'm not throwing shade, but there's some that are like, okay, to come into our business, you need to get these thousands of dollars of tests and then I'll look at your case. And like, I'm just like you where I think, but they may not need all of that. And I don't think it's good medicine because, you know, you're going to find some stuff and artifacts and red herrings that may not even correlate. So I just want to say, I love that you, you take time to listen. And that's one of the biggest complaints that my patients will say is like, well, I thought I'd get testing before I see you. And I'm like, no, I, I want to listen and like really choose wisely because um, yeah, I just want to interrupt. I think that's beautiful. So that is a, a mistake is the testing and having to know it all. What else have you learned? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've just learned so much. And, and we learned this years and years ago in training, but it all gets pushed to the wayside for time. Is like, if you like, listen, listen to your patient, like, listen, like, if we have time to listen, like, what, what is it? Like, is it 30 seconds that we, how many it's 18 it? i think it's 18 it, seconds yeah, like before we interrupt someone yeah so, and and i'll tell you like if i'm able to listen which i i work on that skill being they people tell you what's wrong they really really Truth. do and, and so you know it's just that wake up again like oh this is really important uh, another thing i think that we I don't think it was a, any mistake that I made, but really thinking about um, people's life story. And we we learn about this in functional medicine uh, through the, you know, basically the exercise of a timeline of what's happened at different points in people's lives. And, and often when you can go back to an onset of something and find out what else was going on, 
you know, that's where that's where the money is on like, mm-hmm. how can we reverse this? But that again, just that comes down to list. It's listening, having time to listen and and get to know the person you're working with. That is beautiful. And I think you're underscoring also a concept that many of us feel is the more you know, the more you realize you don't know in functional medicine. I mean, it is endless. It is like the nerd's paradise to be in functional medicine because I'm thinking, oh, I could learn about that. But this is fascinating too. Mm -hmm. But what you touched on is so important for those that are new that are listening about functional medicine is there is a critical point in everyone's timeline. And also, diving back intergenerationally. I mean, the whole health inequity and a lot of these things that you unpack with patients. Don't worry if they don't understand that very first time you mentioned the T word about trauma, like, oh, that that's a big thing that happened to you. And they just want to gloss over it. That's not going to affect my health. And you're like, okay. Um, because sometimes it takes a couple times to circle that I found. And when I can finally be that safe space, and I know you provide that to your patients, you're really good at just getting right in there and and just don't give up, I think is my word to anybody listening, like just continue to touch upon that. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you agree, but that is a huge thing is, is trauma and things that happen um, in our bodies. I would say that is probably, that's underlying so much of our chronic disease. Uh, you know, I mean, there's other things. It's our food industry. It's all of those right. things. But really, when I think about trauma and, and thinking about, I mean, that makes up our our patterns in our lives, our, our reactions and our responses and, and maybe our triggers of like, why am I eating right now? Or, you know, what is, what is it? Is there something back there that I'm afraid of? Maybe I'm not conscious of, but I'm afraid of, you know, so I'm not doing X, Y, or Z, even though I need to do that. And so I think that that's really, really important. Uh, Yeah. Like I, I can think back, I was at a, uh, Forum for Integrative Medicine Conference, I don't know how many years ago, six years ago, something in Seattle. I remember where I was. And uh, Annie Hopper was speaking, and it was all about chronic illness. And the conference is really great for anybody out there. TFIM is really a good conference, and it's in March every year. It'll be in Austin this year. Uh, It's chronic disease. Uh, it's neat because we have naturopaths, dietitians, awesome, DOs, like chiropractors, like we're just coming together learning. But Annie Hopper spoke and she does dynamic neuro re, re, retraining system, I think DNRS. Yeah, retraining, yeah. DNRS, retraining system. And at that point, it just a light went off and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what is happening when when we have ourselves or patients who have some chronic issue and on a piece of paper labs all that you're like they're better they're better but but the patient you know like but the patient's not yeah and so that was really a light for me that i was like oh my gosh like this it's one of those missing links yep Yep. and that has been so informing going forward and it is I've spent a, a fair bit of time in the last few years trying to inform and help people think about our nervous system and yeah. and what is happening and where are we and how is that related to our health and and yeah that's been uh, that's another like oh yeah it's like another three oh, hours oh. we could spend you know right. um 
Right. Goodness. It, I feel like sometimes the root cause of everything is trauma. I mean, that's easy. It just causes everything, you know? Um, but this is, again, space you're able to talk to patients because mm-hmm. you've provided this ability in the kind of model of medicine that you're delivering. It's a, an exciting future of evolved family practice that you're saying, you know, I am going to talk about things that are not going to be typical. And and you're allowing this, you know, kind of curiosity and open-mindedness to come together as you partner with patients, which is so beautiful. Um, and I, I just think that Palmer is very, very lucky to have you, especially in Alaska in a, such a small town. Um, well, before we we close, I want to make sure everybody can find you. Um, I know you're on Instagram. I'll have all of your things in the show notes. You're on Facebook and you're at nowhealthpalmer.com. Any other places that people can connect with you? Those are probably many of the places. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That is perfect. And as always, I like to ask our guests like one last little fun question. If you were to be given a gift of a free Saturday of the weather of your choice, it could be cold, it could be sunny, whatever you like, what would we find you doing for fun? Well, you would find me outside. I don't know. All weather's a gift to me in different ways. So beautiful weather, not too hot. You know, I live in Alaska, so too hot gets over 70s. Yeah. Uh, not too hot. You know, I would probably be riding my bike. I would be hiking I with friends, doing something it. outside. But when I wake up on a rainy day, I also love it because then I have a good reason to stay in the house, maybe do more journaling. Maybe, I don't know, I just started drawing a couple weeks ago and I've never I been, I've never drawn in my life, you know. I love it. Just different things like all weather is good weather is just different clothes and shelters. Yes. Oh, I love this. All weather is good weather. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Jill. You are just an inspiration. Um, And I'm so honored to just be a friend and colleague in this world as we're all co-creating a healthier future for all. So thank you for being a catalyst. And everybody, please share this with a colleague, a, a resident, a student, an attending, somebody that, you know, you might want to inspire them to think about medicine differently and check out some of the resources that Dr. Jill mentioned, like the IFM five-day AFMCP. I know they do this once or twice a year. It is a wonderful opportunity to get really actionable tips on how to apply functional medicine in the very beginning and keep coloring outside the lines and practicing that sixth vital sign of creativity until next time. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you, Dr. Laura. One of the main problems in functional medicine delivery is overwhelm. The future is visual. If you're a holistic or integrative practitioner looking to streamline your steps and build your own creative practice, let me help make it easy and flow channeled for you. Check out my premium subscription box delivery service. This is the first digital delivery service just for medical practitioners that are trying to put more functional and integrative principles into their practice. Subscribers get monthly deliveries of digital tools right to your inbox. Your first welcome box includes immediate access to over 60 editable functional medicine infographics. Yep, these are designed specifically for functional medicine. It makes your patient explanations easier, adherence is faster, and it's more fun. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me a one-on-one Zoom session, so I can help you highlight your bottlenecks and help you sequence your next steps. You also get a free copy of my book, Right Brain Rescue. Now, each month, you will have a new digital delivery box. 
and it will contain a new infographic release that's also editable, vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio 12-month mentorship, as well as SOPs, templates, and other digital tools you can apply in your clinic. There's no contract you can cancel anytime. It's like having a mini mentorship delivered conveniently right to your inbox. Everyone deserves to paint their own work-life masterpiece, and now we can color outside the lines together. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash shop and check out the premium subscription box delivery service. I can't wait to work with you. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. My vision is a world without burnout, and my mission is to teach 1 million medical professionals how to tap into creativity and flow to increase joy and well-being. We all deserve a medical career that is self-expressive, unique, and creative. You can help by signing up for my newsletters. One of my highest values is gratitude, so I love giving back. And each newsletter is gamified. The more you share, the more you win. It's easy to sign up. Just go to drlarasalier.com forward slash win. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with me.